I want you to go into your cabinets and pull out your balsamic vinegar. And I want you to do this very simple test to verify if it's real balsamic vinegar. Take a spoon, pour a little bit of balsamic vinegar on each side and see if the balsamic vinegar sticks. If it sticks, then congratulations, you have real balsamic vinegar. If it doesn't stick, then chances are you're working with a really watered down commercialized product that isn't anything near what real balsamic vinegar should be. If you get Nature Has Flavors balsamic vinegar at naturehasflavor.com, I can pretty much guarantee that you're going to be happy with how well it coats the spoon. Our balsamic vinegar is that thick. It's barrel aged for over two years in Modena before it's shipped overseas here in the United States. It makes my salads taste 10 times better. I'll never look at salads the same way knowing what real balsamic vinegar tastes like. Head on over to naturehasflavor.com, enter the promo code REALBALSAMIC for 20% off your first bottle of real balsamic vinegar from Nature Has Flavor. Trust me, your friends and family will thank you. Our podcast guest today is Lisa from The Viet Vegan. The Viet Vegan is a website, a YouTube channel, an overall online brand, and I think Lisa is very emblematic of just how big this plant-based movement has become because now we're seeing niches formed within this movement. We had Dora from dorastable.com on the podcast. She focuses on plant-based Mexican food and Lisa's focus is plant-based Vietnamese food. Now, I wasn't too familiar with Vietnamese food until I found Lisa's blog, but I'm really glad I did because she has a lot of really good recipes to share and she has a really cool perspective on this plant-based diet. She's really fun to talk to, very energetic. I think you guys are going to like this interview. We'll talk to you soon. So Lisa, how are you today? Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing really well. Been a uh, kind of a cold winter here, and I'm sure you're kind of uh, in the same boat being up from, from Canada. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's fine. I was just going to ask how, how the vegan scene is uh, up near Toronto, where you are. Uh, the vegan scene here is actually, like, really great. There are so many up-and-coming restaurants opening we just had one that opened called planta which is like a high-end one it's kind of expensive but it's really good it's like they're really innovative and they have very like similar um caliber to crossroads or uh some of those like fancier restaurants in la so that's pretty cool here and then we have like our usual everyday um fresh uh or you know normal restaurants that are pretty just chill yeah, my hope is that as vegan restaurants become more common, they also become more affordable. Yeah, I think that um, it depends on like the, the area too. In Toronto, like real estate here is like super stupid expensive. So the costs like run really high for people to run restaurants here. So in order to like be able to just make it to the next month, uh, they kind of have to charge a little higher depending on where it is. Like Planta is in like the middle of ritzy Toronto where all like the rich people live. So like like a meal there would normally cost like maybe 30 bucks in like a regular restaurant but there it's like 60 dollars so it kind of it's relative but yeah i i hope that one day you know uh vegan restaurants are kind of ubiquitous and uh more affordable yeah and i think in the long term we will see that because at the end of the day plant food is more affordable it's more affordable to produce and obviously Definitely. to consume so tell our our listeners a bit about your background um, what made you decide to go vegan originally and what inspired you to start your blog 
Um, so my blog was actually something that I started before I was even vegetarian, let alone vegan. Um, I started it five years ago. I was or six. I don't even remember. Time is weird. Um, <laughs> but it was in like 2011 and I was, uh, in my third year of university or college, as you guys say. Um, <laughs> and I was procrastinating my exams and I was just, I wanted, like, I, I would always read food blogs. And so I was just kind of like, Hey, I like photography. I like food. Let's start a food blog. And um, about a year later, I went vegetarian for kind of health reasons. I have pretty severe eczema. And so I was taking like some Chinese herbal medicine that just didn't go well with uh, meat apparently. So I cut out, um, Mm -hmm. I just cut out meat for the time period I was on the medicine. And uh, when like that, like that, it was like a two to three month time period. And by the time that ended, I was like, you know what, like, I like this. I'm just going to stay vegetarian because like I didn't really like cooking meat um I I, like I never disliked the flavor of meat or like eating meat dishes I just like didn't like dealing with it it was very visceral I didn't I didn't like blood I didn't like dealing with any of that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. I was just like well this is easier for me it's cheaper and I don't have to deal with like you know things being creepy or bleeding in my fridge or whatever so um I stayed vegetarian and then I moved to Toronto and to a new city and I like one of the ways that I always like to meet new people is I um, I volunteer. So I started volunteering for the Toronto Vegetarian Association. Um, and I just met a bunch of really awesome people um, who opened my eyes to how accessible veganism can be and how easy it is. Um, I, like, didn't want to go vegan at first because I had come across some people who were very uh, angry and militant and, mm-hmm. like, very judgmental. And I just, like, that kind of turned me off it for a while. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this. Um, but I I can't remember exactly when it was, but there was one moment when I was volunteering in the RC, uh, which is the resource center at, um, the Toronto Vegetarian Association. Um, so I was volunteering and someone had said something about how, uh, cows are some ones and not some things. And like, that to me was just like a click in my head being like, oh my God, like these animals are like individual beings. Like they have you know, they, they, they have wants, they have personalities, they have needs and, and stuff like that. And I was just like, why, like, why would I participate in the dairy industry or why would I, you know, do anything with eggs or stuff like that when, you know, I know it's easy, I know it's tasty and I might as well just go vegan. So I did. That's really interesting that you had the blog going before you went vegan. And like you said, a lot of people kind of have this knee jerk reaction to the idea of veganism because of the overzealous vegans who are always in people's faces telling them they need to go vegan immediately and there's no other alternative. They have a, a point about it. You know, obviously they're coming from, from a good place, but a lot of times they're, they're, the way they convey that message is just too aggressive. So when you switched over to a vegan diet, what was the reaction of your followers? How did your readers react to your switch? Um, it was kind of like a transition because my blog was already kind of vegetarian focused anyway. I was mostly a baking blog at first. Um, so I didn't really, like, I don't really like eating meat, like, before. Like, mm. it was okay. I just, like, never, like, it's not, you can't really, meat is not very beautiful. <laughs> so right. I just never, <laughs> never took photos of meaty dishes. And so my followers are already used to vegetarian cuisine. And when I introduced, like, dairy-free and egg-free stuff, there was, it was just kind of pretty natural. I had um, experimented with some vegan uh, recipes before I had made the transition and it did really well on my site. It just blew up. And so I was like, wow, people really like this kind of stuff. Maybe I'll keep doing it. And I remember, um, 
on like a Tumblr, someone had re reblogged one of my recipes and they were like complaining. They're like, oh my God, this person is just going like doing vegan recipes for the, the page views, blah, blah, blah. Like she's just in it for the money. <laughs> and I thought that was like really interesting because like, why would, why would anyone care whether or not um, someone is doing it for the page? Like, I mean, there's other right. bloggers like um, Minimalist Baker. She's not vegan herself, but like she exclusively, exclusively does vegan recipes. Right. And it, it does really, re- really well. So, I mean, if omnivores or if anyone like your average person is just like experimenting with vegan recipes, like why, why are we, why are we against this? But um, for the most part, my, my followers were pretty on board and I started gaining more vegan people. So my, like, I think over time, my audience just kind of switched over to like a vegan audience anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, Vietnamese food kind of flies under the radar, at least here in North America. So for those unfamiliar with Vietnamese cuisine, how exactly would you define it? Um, Vietnamese, sorry. Vietnamese cuisine is kind of like, um, there's a lot of soups. Um, it's like kind of more savory and salty with like, a, like an acidic kind of flavor to it. Like normally when I categorize different like Asian cuisines, like uh, Chinese cuisine tends to be spicy, um, some sweetness and sticky. Uh, Thai food is usually very uh, spicy and salty. Um, it, I, th- I find Thai cuisine is very similar to Vietnamese cuisine in that sort mm-hmm. of sense. But um, a lot of uh, things that are very common in Vietnamese culture um, is different textures and soups. Um, so when I say different textures, I mean, um, there's like noodle bowls that we have, um, that are rice noodles and then a bunch of different vegetables, some pickled, um, carrots and daikon, some lettuce, um, different types of herbs, bean sprouts. And so you have like all these different kind of textures and then like normally there's like meat and stuff on top. So you have like kind of tender stuff and then you have your crunchy spring rolls and stuff like that. I've obviously veganized those kind of things, Mm -hmm. but it's like a bunch of different textures and it's like a cold noodle salad. Um, so like Vietnamese people just love different kinds of foods and freshness and all that kind of uh, that uh, that stuff. And then there's like you know everyone knows um, the pho soup, which is like the noodle soup that's like beef boned uh, based. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like that's like the co- most common Vietnamese food that people think of when they're like, oh, I love Vietnamese food, or like that's like what people say to me. They're like, oh, you're Vietnamese, I love pho. It's like right, right. Okay, yeah. there's more than that, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, with a lot of types of cuisine, you have to get a bit creative to maintain taste and texture without using animal products. French cuisine is is the perfect example because they use so much butter. Have you found that the vegan diet lends itself well to Vietnamese food, or are you doing a lot of modification to make it work in your cooking? Um, So it it really depends on what you're making. Um, There is a big, uh, not vegan necessarily community, but it's a Buddhist community, so they're mostly plant-based anyway Mm -hmm. um, in Vietnamese culture. So it's pretty common for people to experience plant-based food um, if they're a Buddhist. Uh, So like, you know, we have our uh, Lunar New Year and Memorial Days and just like general like temple types like uh, events. And so whenever we go, those days we're typically encouraged to eat a, like vegetarian for that day. Um, I know that in Vietnam there's like two days a month where people uh, eat vegetarian. Um, so that's you know it's pretty it's pretty common um, to have like vegan and vegetarian options. Um, when like veganizing the Vietnamese cuisine that I grew up with and that like is comfort food for me, a lot of it is um, very fish sauce based or um, a lot of like long cooking of beef 
bones. And so mm-hmm. I've replaced a lot of those with mushroom, mushroom broth powder, um, various types of mushroom, basically mushrooms. Um, and then there's like different kind of, uh, stinky sauces that you can use instead of fish sauce. So fish sauce is like fermented fish, um, juices. It sounds disgusting, but, um, people use uh, a combination of like soy sauce. Um, I use like a combination of like fermented, uh, kimchi. I mean, kimchi is Korean, but it has that sort of like same stinky flavor because mm-hmm. it's been fermented. Um, and I use that in combination with soy sauce, which is also fermented, uh, soy juice. <laughs> so that together usually lends itself well to like the fish sauce sort of base, which is pretty much in all Vietnamese food. So in veganizing a lot of these recipes, have you introduced the vegan version of some of these dishes to people in your life? Have people reacted well who have traditionally eaten, you know, the the fish broth or the beef broth? Have they reacted well to the vegan versions of these meals? Um, well, I mean, for the most part, the people that I introduce this with, like, they've never experienced, like, the, like, the meat version of it in the first place. I live okay. in a pretty... Um, there's not a lot of Vietnamese people where I am and like my family, like they'll eat my vegetarian food sometimes, but like for the most part, I'm just like isolated in the corner eating my, my, my food <laughs> and like, they don't want to share it. Cause like, I'm not really allowed to cook when they're or, like, when they're all cooking just cause like my grandma is like the matriarch and she's like, no, this is my kitchen. Kind of <laughs> right, so right. I don't really have control to like share, um, my veganized Vietnamese dishes with them. But, um, my followers have all really, really enjoyed it. Um, because of like my background is both Vietnamese and Canadian, I um, tend to do a mix of both recipes on my blog. It's not just Vietnamese recipes. Um, but anytime I do post a Vietnamese recipe on social media, people freak out and they're like, oh my God, that looks so good. Like I've, I've been missing this for it for ages and ages. But um, when I look at like the analytics, like it doesn't do well as like the other non Vietnamese stuff. So it's, it's like I'm getting mixed messages from my audience sometimes. So I don't do as many Vietnamese dishes as I would like just because people don't seem to like it <laughs> as much. You know, it's interesting because I personally hadn't really heard of Vietnamese food and, and its cuisine as being kind of a, a unique thing. Obviously, it is. It's just not as popular here in North America. So in, until I found your blog, I, I had no idea that Vietnamese food was as creative as it is. It's just a matter of introducing that style of cuisine to people who are unfamiliar with it. I know you have a YouTube channel that does really well, and on there you often share what you're eating in a day. For our listeners who haven't seen your YouTube channel, what does a typical day of eating look like for you? Um, so it, it really depends on the day. Honestly, I am not a very self-disciplined person when it comes to eating like regular meals. Um, I just eat whenever I'm hungry. It, like lately in the morning, I've been eating like a bagel with like tofu cream cheese. Um, for lunch, I normally have like some sort of noodle soup just cause like I eat noodles pretty much every day. I, noodles to me are like people's bread and butter, I guess, um, mm-hmm. vegan butter, of course. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that's like, you know, I have at least one kind of big bowl of noodle soup and that's like my lunch. And then, um, my dinner, I don't usually eat like a very big dinner. I'm not usually hungry enough for dinner. Um, and if it is, it's like my dinner's at four o'clock cause that's when I'm like super hungry and I like, I have forgotten to eat lunch or something. Um, and usually it's another noodley type dish or sometimes, I don't know, it really depends. Sometimes my partner, um, will be craving something like North American style. So the other day we had like pasta and, uh, garden meatballs and stuff. So that's pretty common. And then like I'll snack a lot. So I'll have, you know, um, I have like 20 pairs in my fridge right now. So I've been eating mm-hmm. a lot of pears lately. 
um, bananas, dates, kind of snacky type foods. Yeah, a, yeah. Four, a four o'clock dinner time. I can't imagine that. I, you know, I, I'm up late every night, so a lot of times I'm still eating it you know, past midnight. I'll be having another extra, an extra meal. Are you going to bed at like eight o'clock? So I usually wake up around nine thirty, ten, and I go to sleep at like one thirty-two. So, huh. um, I just I just tend to snack. So, like, I'll have this like giant meal that is like quite quite large um, around four o'clock, and then. I'm like if I ever get hungry it's usually around like eight or nine o'clock at night and then like I'll have like broth like a brothy soup or I'll have like chips and salsa or like an apple like nothing nothing like not like not another meal per se Mm -hmm. I just like I don't know my my body is weird and like it depends and like this is something that I can do just because I, I work mostly remotely unless I have a shoot day but um, for the most part, I'm working at home, so I have like the luxury of making a giant meal at four o'clock when most people can't do that. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I think a lot of vegans have fast metabolisms as a result of eating a higher carbohydrate type of diet. It, vegan foods in general, plant-based foods, tend to be higher in carbohydrates, and as a result, your body gets better at processing those carbohydrates. And obviously, Carbohydrates are, are smaller in molecular structure than fat, so you're able to digest them a little bit quicker than you would, say, an, an avocado or uh, something that's not plant-based, like, like a glass of milk that has a lot of saturated fat and cholesterol. So it, I, I, I have seen a lot of vegans who have very fast metabolisms and who do snack a lot. It, snacking is kind of the basis of, of their way of eating, and I think that's that's pretty common. And it's also pretty cool to know that your metabolism is revving that quickly where you can eat and you don't have to worry about things like blood sugar crashes or, or all these awful tired feelings you get after a big meal the ones that i used to experience all the time after i would eat a plate of real spaghetti and meatballs right you know not the guardian meatballs but just you know you you eat those and you would feel terrible afterwards you wouldn't want to eat again because you don't want to feel terrible again whereas snacking on on plant-based foods particularly fruit like you said it's very energizing you've been at this now for you said five or six years and you've shared a lot of recipes in that time of all the recipes that you've shared, which are your favorites personally and which have seemed to have gotten the best reaction from your followers? Okay, so th- like, I mean, the ones that I um, personally like the most, I didn't think I would need to share just because they seem so stupidly simple to me. Um, and they were just like, they weren't really recipes, they were just me throwing things in a pot. Um, but every time I would post like a noodle bowl on my Instagram or something, people would like demand the recipe to the point where I was like, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm like, here it is. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sorry that you guys have been waiting for this recipe so much. So I have like a miso noodle soup that um, is not like of any ethnicity at all. It's just like, you know, I like broth and I like a certain kind of noodles and I, I take the miso because it's uh, probiotic. But um it's like a glass noodle miso bowl. Sometimes I put greens in it. I'll usually put tofu or um, edamame for protein. Um, and it's made with mung bean noodles. So it's pretty high in carbs. Um, so it's it's really filling and there's like a lot of broth. And so I think that's like why I'm able to eat like a giant meal is because like the majority of it is like liquid. Right. <laughs> like I would say like <laughs> half of it is liquid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I digest it pretty quickly. And then like, but I, like I still feel full just because of like the the water content, I guess. Um, so that is probably something that I make at least twice a week, once or twice a week. Um, and people seem to really like it, but the one that has been like doing like the, the best, there's two actually. One is like, they're both actually, 
um, from, I think, before I was vegan. Um, one of them is like an apple chip recipe, and it's just basically dehydrated apples in the in the oven for like two hours. Um, and that like blew up on my site. I like it, like it's one of those other recipes where it's like, it's so simple. I didn't think that it would right. warrant a recipe. Um, and then the other one I did was vegan popcorn chicken, uh, which I used, uh, like TVP soaked in vegetable broth because that is the key to delicious TVP. Um, and then breaded and deep fried because everything tastes delicious deep fried. That's um, true. <laughs> and, and that was actually something that one of the first posts that I had done, that was vegan before I was even vegan myself. That was like, I posted that I think in May, 2013 and I went vegan. Um, like I was, I started transitioning from like June until like November, 2013. Yeah. There's really no recipe for viral on the, on the internet. Some things just tend to take off, but obviously people are enjoying it if it's continuing to do well three years after you posted it. So, and that actually, I'll be looking that up, the vegan popcorn chicken. That sounds good. <laughs> um, so if you could have a, a dream three-course meal, an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert with absolutely no restrictions on budget, where you can get the food, anything, what would that meal consist of? Huh? Oh, my God. That is – that's a hard question. Um, I mean, like Vietnamese food is just so near and dear to my heart. is like a comfort food, and I love noodles. So I think – so the first course would probably have to either be like – spring rolls um i just like when i think about it i just keep thinking about um this place in la that i went to it's a vegan bd's restaurant um that is called vinloy tofu and they make the most unreal food like it's mm -hmm. like i've never i've never tasted vietnamese food like that before vegan or otherwise it was just unbelievable so that like spring rolls are the first course uh the second course would probably have to be like some sort of noodle salad. Like, there's a trend here. I really freaking love noodles. Okay, <laughs> so um, like the one that I was describing earlier with like the rice noodles and like different kind of vegetables and uh, like herbs on top, and then there was like the 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 vegan duck from Vinloy Toifu was just unbelievable. It was like a lemongrass duck, but it was like the most realistic thing I'd ever. It was like so like so weird to eat, but also so delicious. Um, and then. Like, my main course would be really bizarre, but I kind of want Ethiopian food. Like, okay. really delicious Ethiopian. There was, like, this hole in the wall in Ottawa that I used to go to all the time. It was so, so cheap, and it, like, the, the place looked like it was falling apart. But the food was unbelievable, and they always had this one, one vegan platter that was just, like, unreal. So that would probably be that. And then my dessert? I don't even know. There are so many delicious things. Some sort of ice cream, probably. I'm a sucker for ice cream. I know they have coconut milk, they have almond milk, cashew milk. Which one is your particular favorite? So I'm actually allergic to nuts. Oh, um, so I, I haven't had <laughs> cashew ice cream before. I had almond ice cream before I realized that I was uh, allergic. Mm -hmm. And I preferred um, soy-based or coconut-based, honestly. Okay. Um, like soy-based soft serve is like my preference or um, coconut, like Luna and Larry's, like peanut butter. Oh my like God. that peanut butter <laughs> That stuff is ridiculous, but yeah, it, that would probably be it. Yeah, that's that sounds like an awesome meal. But Lunar and Larry's, oh my god, yeah, that ice cream is is it's too good. I, I I refuse to buy it because it's too good, and I'll end up eating the entire pint. And I just I can't allow myself to do that. It, it's one of the few foods in the world that I refuse to buy because it's too too tasty. <laughs> it's just uh, it comes in like those small pints. So even if you like. 
like, I mean, like, all pints are the same size, but, like, <laughs> come in, like, the pint, right? Where it's not, like, a, like those two-liter ice cream things that, like, used to buy, like, the Chapman's it, ones, right? Like, if, right. at least you could, like, limit yourself, but, oh, it's good. Yeah, it's unreal. It's like angels dancing on your tongue with uh, Lunar and Larry's. <laughs> um, so where can people get in touch with you? I know you have a YouTube channel, a website. If people want to get in touch and follow what you're doing. Where can they go online? Um, so I'm basically the Viet Vegan everywhere. Um, I'm on YouTube. My blog is thevietvegan.com. My Facebook page is kind of where I share um, not just like vegan stuff, but I also share, um, I'm like an intersectional activist. So I really believe in making people aware of like feminism and, mm-hmm. uh, ableism and trans rights and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I'll post about that kind of stuff on my Facebook. My Twitter account is, uh, the beat vegan as well. And that's something that I, it's like my status updates. It's really random thoughts. I don't know. I don't know if people like it. I just kind of do it because I need to vent. Um, I have Snapchat as well, which is also the vegan. And I guess my biggest social media platform would be Instagram, um, mostly because I'm a food photographer by trade. Mm-hmm. So that's where I put all of my photos and uh, random, very honest, kind of stupid captions. So that's the v vegan on Instagram as well. Awesome. So is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up today? Um. No, but I do have a question for you. Okay, so you yeah, said you're based yeah. sort of close to Boston. Mm-hmm. Is there a Chloe's, like a Buy Chloe's there? I think there's a new one there. I think they just opened it up. I'm, uh, I haven't been, unfortunately, but I, I'm pretty positive they just opened up a new one this fall. And I've heard nothing but amazing things about that place. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, cause, like, because like Boston is like sort of close to where I am, like we've been wanting to make like a trip to, to the States to like try by Chloe's because like the New York one is so far away and like we've been to the LA one but we want to go again but anyway so I was just like making sure like the Boston one that is an option okay good to know if it's not open yet it will be soon uh, but I'll have to double check on that but yeah I think uh, if you are if you are coming to Boston you know let me know too I can let you know some other kind of hole in the wall vegan spots you guys can check out eh? oh I would love that yeah all right Lisa thanks so much for coming on we'll hopefully have you on again down the road